Welcome to Kenny and the Coaches. Summer break is here, and hopefully when this episode comes out, the sun is shining and it's nice and warm outside. Those that know me know that cool-slash-cold weather is not my thing at all. All of you summer basketball players have probably already started playing summer league games or have gone to a camp or two, but for those of you that may be basketballed out for a little while, this episode is for you. On this episode, I had the head coach of one of the most successful football programs in state history, trailing only Ada and Jinx in total football state titles. Here's my conversation with the athletic director and head football coach of the Carl Albert Titans, Mike Dunn. All right, Coach, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, being athletic director and all that. I'm sure you're constantly on the go, but thanks for taking time and talking with me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really, really cool deal what you got going on. Any any chance that I can get to, to listen to other coaches and, and listen to the, the stuff that you got going on with your podcast, it's, it's, been, it's been really neat getting to, to listen to some of the coaches and some of the things that, that you, you're doing on this show. So I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, no problem at all. You know, I, I, I kind of – I do it for fun, you know, but I kind of hope it gets bigger just so more people, just for what you're saying, just so more people can get to know all who all these coaches are. You know, that's been the neatest thing for me is just because I've always heard of these different people from these different schools, these different programs, but it's been neat for me, you know, selfishly for me just to hear how these guys and, and, and women do what they do and where they came from, kind of what, what makes them tick? You know, I mean, that that's the fun part for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Give, giving coaches a a platform to to talk about the things, you know, and obviously, if if other coaches are listening, it's a way for for coaches to get some good good uh, insight on on other programs. You know, check the championship programs and mm-hmm. and just uh, listen to all the the people that you've had on. It's it's been been really pretty fun to kind of research and study what you got going on since you reached out to me and uh it's really really cool deal what you're doing oh well, well thank you thank you now first off coach if uh, we kind of talked about before we started recording um i'd always heard of carl carl albert kind of growing up but i never really knew knew about carl albert first off if you're like probably a lot of people where is carl albert <laughs> yeah so so carl albert um it's in Midwest City, um, and uh, so just just outside of Oklahoma City. It's in the Middell uh, School District, and and we, we we share a district with Middle City High School and Dell City High School. And um, you know, it, it's been kind of a, for, for all the success that that we've had at Carl Albert. It, it's been somewhat of a hidden uh, hidden secret almost, you know, just mm-hmm. because there hasn't been. You know, Carl Albert has always been the type of place that just goes on about its business and mm-hmm. and uh the, the program has been the program for a long time uh you know, the state championship started in, in 89 and and uh, in 93 with coach peb and coach pebworth and al miller and um you know coach rose took over in 95 and and won his first state championship in 97 and it's it's just really rolled since then i think uh the early days coaches kind of set a standard and a expectation there and when you go to Carl Albert, it's just it's just what you do. It's what you expect, and mm-hmm. and uh, anything less is, is usually a failure. Which I tell our kids all the time. It's kind of a blessing and a curse. Um, when when you you could have a great season, you know you might have a team that's not as talented. You can go out and win 
win 10, 11 games and, and, and get beat, you know, before the state championship and, and people look at it as a failure, but it's, it's definitely a, a, a blessing and a curse. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else where expectations were lower and, and, uh, people support it, people expect it. And that's what makes it fun. But, uh, you know, we really just in the last couple of years, we've really tried to, to start telling the story and, and putting out videos and putting out graphics and talking about the, some of the players uh, from the past, some of the All-Staters, some of the teams from the past. We did a video over the 2012 team. It was the 10-year anniversary, and that was a really unique and special team that went through a lot, a lot of adversity, and, and started out one and five, and ended up winning it all, one nine in a row, and won the whole thing. But mm-hmm. um, just uh, we've been trying to tell the stories and trying to get the really the 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 things that are really neat and cool about our our program. We've been really trying to get that out there over the last couple of years and kind of paint that picture and tell the story. So, um, no, but it, you're right. It is one of those places that uh, people know that it that, that were set successful, but there's just not a whole lot of stories out there. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, you know, and it was like doing the research for a uh, kind of got in touch with you. I, I, like I said, I'd always knew about Carl Albert, but I didn't know about Carl Albert. And, I, and there is something to that tradition, like you said, that, that team's starting out 0-1. I mean, it, it's there is something to schools that have that winning tradition, like they just don't know how to be be down. You know, like you, like you said, state championship or bust. I mean, that that's a good goal to have. You, you know what I mean? I mean, that, that's right. And not a lot of kids have that anymore. No, 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 no. You're right, and it's. And it's real, you know. We, we talk about it. Um, we talk about it at Carl Albert, but it's definitely a real thing, uh, you know. In in all those state championships, which we've got 17 state championships now, there's only been uh, one undefeated season, I believe. Uh, may, maybe two. I can't remember uh, when Coach Corley was the head coach uh, before me. I think we might have had two in a row there. Yeah, we did. There were two state championships back to back. Uh, undefeated state championships, but in the history of the program, it didn't happen until about state championship number, whatever that would be, 14 or 15. And, and uh, so it's it's one of those places where even when we, we've always scheduled tough non-district and, and really tried to test ourselves early on. And mm-hmm. so I think our kids know that, that it's never, we, we talk about one, one goal, one goal, goal only, and that's the, that's the win it all. And so we don't talk about going undefeated. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about district championships. We talk about being the best team left whenever, uh, whenever it's all done in December. Man. And that's, you know, just kind of thinking about that, that's almost unusual, you know, it, Going into a season, you know, kids know other programs. They know other kids from other schools. And it's like when a team gets rolling and they're undefeated, you know, going into week eight, nine, ten, if that team were to suffer a loss, I would say the majority of teams are not going to be able to recover from that. You know, like they'll be like, oh, crap, we got beat. You know, what? we're, we're not any good anymore. But that's that mental toughness that comes along with – Facing adversity, a lot of teams can't face that adversity and keep and and keep on with their the main goal at hand. I mean that that's that to me that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, we we, we really try to we we talk all the time about putting our kids in adverse situations during during practice. Um, really, really, uh, probably during the summer more than anything. We've mm-hmm. we've got a really good summer program. Uh, Coach Cameron Couch is. He's our running back coach. He's our one of our assistant basketball. He's our head. He's our head boys track coach as well. But uh, Coach Couch runs our runs performance scores for us in the summer, and 
we really try to give those kids the answers to the test way, way before we even start the season. We, we put them in situations where they've got to get through it as a team and, and be, be physically tough and mentally tough. And, and you're right. We've, you know, just like I said a while ago, we've, we've, uh, we've won in a lot of different ways. And, and I was part of the team, the state championship. I was assistant coach in 04 and, I remember getting beat by Shawnee, I think, in week nine or week ten. Mm-hmm. It was late in, in district, and we, we get beat. And, and I think I think Shawnee might have won the district, but then we, we still found a way to go get it done and, and won it all that year. And same thing, and uh, I guess it was my sophomore year, we got beat by El Reno in, the, in basically what was the district championship. Mm-hmm. And it was either week nine or week ten. Then we turned around and we beat them in the, in the state championship game. And so it's – you know, that, that cat's been skinned a million different ways during those 17 state championships. But yeah. um, uh, you're right. It is, it's, it's definitely a unique deal with, with our kids. Now, being a, uh, an alumni from there and taking over the program, did you kind of feel any pressures of being, you know, finally being the head coach? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, never really talked about it much and, and uh, didn't really talk about it much until – until this year when we when we got it done um but but yeah yeah there is a little pressure there but it, it honestly it's really the, it's the pressure that you put on yourself you know that i didn't feel i didn't feel outside pressure from anybody else i've had i've had tons of support um since i took the since i took the job and and there's still a lot of people it, it's funny because there's there's kids coming through that i played with their parents you know, <laughs> you know and and yeah. it's so it, the support has been great. Um, the pressure was there that I put on myself, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It, it's funny because Coach Rose, I think when he took over in '95, he went two seasons and then won it, won it all in '97. Well, Coach Corley took over for, for Coach Rose and Coach Mike Corley. He's still on our staff. Uh, he coaches our safeties and runs our, our weight program with uh, Coach Couch. He and Coach Couch do that, and uh, but. But Coach Corley took it over in 17 and just proceeded to win four in a row and go 54 and two, I think, as a head coach. So wow. um, definitely big, big shoes to fill. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, the, the only the only person that put put pressure on me was myself. But it did mm-hmm. feel really good because there, there's a stat out there that that people talk about all the time um, when it comes to Carl Albert. But since 1989, there hasn't been. If you went through Carl Albert all four years, there has not been a senior class that didn't win at all, that wow. didn't get a, a state championship ring. And so, you know, you start you, you we, we get beaten in the semifinals that first year, and then uh, you start thinking about that, those things start creeping in your head. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to be the the guy that that lets a, a class go through without getting a ring. So just <laughs> getting that monkey off your back, and then uh, you know, and then and then the pressure of doing it again starts all over about a week later. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you know that's one of those things. It's it's nice to be at the top, but there are some pressures. That it's not just easy, easy going. You know? Right, right. No, no. It doesn't matter what what level you're at as a program. It, you know, every, all, I think I believe all of us coaches. You know, we we do it for the same reasons. Uh, we wanna we wanna you know do something. All of us were became coaches probably because we had a good experience while we were in in high school, and and so mm-hmm. you want to give kids that same kind of experience and. And you know, help kids get better in life. Help kids get better in, in, in whatever sport it is they that you that you coach. And and so you know, it doesn't matter 
it doesn't matter wins, losses, all those things. I think we all have a great platform to, to do big things in kids' lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, you kind of talked about that, you know, getting into coaching. What was it that made you want to be a coach? Well, so my dad coached um, at at Dell City, um, in Dell City, at Dell City, at Delcrest uh, Junior High at the time, and in, in, uh, mm-hmm. in Dell City High School. He was a wrestling coach. He coached track. He did uh, he did football um, at the middle school or at the junior high there at Delcrest, and mm-hmm. and so I, I grew up around it. I can remember I can remember being uh, up at the track at uh, at Dell City and watch my dad coach all these just phenomenal athletes, and then afterwards we would. We would uh, get in the get in the back of his truck back when when you could still ride in the back of a truck without people frowning on it. And, yeah. and uh, we, we would uh, we would go all over Dell City and take kids home. And and I got to I got to be a, a, a you know the the attendant or whatever you call it with the with the homecoming where I took the little mm-hmm. tiara out there, the crown yeah. for the for the king and queen or or whatever it's called. And and so um, you know it started there with with my dad being a coach and. And that being something in my family, um, and then uh, getting to Carl Albert and, and getting getting under under Coach Rose and, and his coaching staff and, and seeing having a really good experience in, in high school athletics that really just furthered it. I, I was one of those guys that that knew by probably junior senior year of high school that that's exactly what I wanted to be, and mm-hmm. and I went, went to went to college with the with the goal of being a, a teacher and a coach and, and uh, actually did some stuff as a graduate assistant at Carl Albert after my first year of, of college. Um, my sophomore, junior, and senior year of college helped coach at, at Carl Albert. So yeah. I, I kind of knew early on that from from my dad and, th- and then from, from uh, my experience in high school, I, I knew that that was something I really wanted to pursue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've always tell, told people, and I think I've said it on the last couple of podcasts I've recorded, it's – if it's in your blood, you know, there's no there's no reason to even try to do anything else. You're always going to come back to it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And I don't. I, I sometimes think about it like anybody else. You know, you you think about other things that you could do, or other things you would do, or want to do. And and uh, there, I just I'm one of those guys. I don't really have a lot of hobbies. I don't have a lot of things that I do other than than coach and yep. and try to be a good family man and a good dad and, and a good husband and and. You know, so I don't know. I really, I have no clue what I would do outside of, of athletics. No clue. Yeah, I've asked a couple of people. I kind of quit asking that question. What would you, what would a per, what would you do if you weren't coaching? And most of them are just like, I, I have no idea. You know, so no I kind of quit asking yeah, that question. No clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no clue. Now, who are some of the people that you kind of, like if you're struggling with something coaching-wise or just, you know, just things, it doesn't sound like you're struggling too much with stuff, all the championships you guys won but who's kind of the the person or the people that you kind of look out to or reach out to for information or, or just to to help you out with something you might be struggling with as far as coaching goes yeah yeah i've got a i've got a pretty good circle of of people um in in, in my life that, that i i reach out to and times like that um it probably starts with coach rose just because He's been there. Um, he's, he's been through every scenario you can imagine during his 21 years as, as head coach of Carl Albert. Um, I, I've, I've, 
I've leaned on him for a lot of years. I was at Dell City before, mm-hmm. and Coach Rose, he was all, Coach Rose spent all of his coaching career at Dell City High School and at Carl Albert High School. So, mm-hmm. you know, for the last six years as a head coach, it's, it's definitely started there. Um, coach Matt Weber was another uh, coach mm-hmm. of mine mm-hmm. in high school, and he's the head coach down in Marlowe now and, and been at some big-time programs. And mm-hmm. he's the one that I always like to bounce, bounce ideas off of and, and get information from. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the coaches that are in my district uh, at Numa City High School, Coach Darrell Hall mm-hmm. and Coach Robert Jones over at Del City High School, we do a lot of stuff to collaborate and, and try to come up with good plans and, and be there for each other when needed. Um, but, you know, I, I'm one of those guys, too. Uh, Kelly Beebe, uh, you know, I, I need to bring him up. He's the head coach at Guthrie. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, you would think with Carl Albert and Guthrie, the, the rivalry that we have, I think we were looking at the other day, I think we've played each other now 50 times in the history of our programs. And, yeah. and uh, But Kelly Beebe, I, I, I go to that guy for a lot of information um, just to shoot the breeze with. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it can it can be lonely on the top of that mountain and yep. in the yep. coaching world as, as a head coach. And, and uh, sometimes it's good to be able to, to call those guys and – and hear their successes and failures and, and uh, just get good good information from and, and doesn't have to be, you know, a football from a football standpoint. It can it can be from a from a life standpoint too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, that's that's it starts there. But I'm one of those guys I'll, I'll I talk to I try to talk to everybody. I've got a lot of good relationships and in our business and it's always fun to be able to, to meet new people and, and learn new things. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things I think coaches need to be able to do is just be good at developing relationships, not just with your players. I mean, that's, you know, that's first and foremost, but just with other coaches because I think a lot of times you get so competitive with the other groups that you don't kind of take your time to get to know those other people, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's one of the cool things about being a coach is just – Really, just being a part of that fraternity. Yeah. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's so many good 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 dudes out there, and, and really good coaches um, that you know. And, and I'm getting to that point now in my career. It's, it's, it feels weird saying it. I, mean, I, I think this was year 18 for me, and and uh, I'm to that point now where where I'm trying to talk to to younger guys about about their programs and, and trying to help out where I can when uh, when guys need it. Uh, like uh, we we played Elk City this last year for uh, a team and. Coach Zach Maynard uh, is is their new head coach. I think this was his first year, um, but he's going to be a stud, going to be a good one, you know. And and we're going to try to hook up this summer, and he's, and we're playing again next year. But we're going to we're going to meet with them as a staff and and talk, just kind of talk through game planning and what we look at before we we go into a game and and just weekly practice schedules, things like that. It's you know it's it's kind of a it's kind of a cool thing because I remember being being that young guy and, and wanting to learn more and wanting to know more and, and trying to meet with as many people as possible. But, but you're correct. hundred percent. You gotta, in this business, it's really good to network and know people and, and be able to lean on people whenever you need something. Yeah. Now kind of shifting gears a little bit, talking about uh, football, what, uh, what, what's kind of the outlook? I mean, I know it's early and it's, you know, just now May when we're recording this, but, What's kind of the outlook for the upcoming season? Well, we, we feel good about where we're at. We, uh, we've had a really good offseason. You know, going into last year, we felt really good where we were at because really because of our offseason and our summer. We had a really good, really good offseason. Had a phenomenal summer. 
and, and that's kind of where we're at right now. We, we've got a we've got a really good uh, group of kids coming back from from last year's team. Um, I think we're returning probably six and six on on both sides, and mm-hmm. and we're returning a bunch of guys that have been playing for for starting for us for two years now. Mm-hmm. So we're we're gonna we're gonna have a a team that that's got experience. Uh, we've got some guys coming up that we feel really really good about. Um, but for us, you know, it always we always feel like a call out, but we're going to give ourselves a chance mm-hmm. based on how we work, you know. And so this group has has worked extremely hard. I think we've got right now. I think we've got 38 kids that are in our our six period weights class, which is that's gonna that's gonna be our uh, juniors and seniors to be. Mm-hmm. And out of those 38, I think we've got 25 of them that are that are power clean and 225 right now. Yeah. Uh, which is always a big goal of ours. It's something that, you know, obviously I, I think Bigsby is one of the first ones that started the 225-pound club, and and we tried to we did that at Dell City, and, and and they've been doing it over at Carl Albert long before me. Um, but that's kind of where we gauge ourselves is is the weight room, and and uh, all of our kids run track, and they've been working really really hard um, on their speed development and and conditioning. So uh, I, I think we got to I think we, we we're putting ourselves in a in a really good spot to go have a successful year. Yeah, I mean that uh, that two twenty five thing. That's 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 a yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, our kids. It, it's it's one of those things. Like we've got we've got two or three kids that are. Oh, I, I say two or three. There's probably more about eight eight or nine of those kids that are that probably weigh less than one hundred and fifty or one hundred fifty five pounds. Mm-hmm. But our our coaches, coach uh, coach Mike Corley, coach Clarence Madden. Uh, coach, coach Cameron Couch, Coach Herbert, Coach Johnson, those guys that are in the weight room with them every single day, mm-hmm. uh, they they hammer technique, 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 and our kids look good doing it. You know, there's 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 been some years where we've got kids that are that are doing 225, but their their form is bad, mm-hmm. and their technique is very good, and, and this year our kids are doing a really good job, and our coaches have put put in a lot of work as far as technique goes. So it's it's been fun to watch. Yeah. Now, uh, this is kind of off of what, uh, just going off of my questions I got here, but what do you think is, like, as far as, I know you need a combination of both, of power and speed, but which one, I guess it's probably position-wise, but which one would, would you think is probably more important for success on the football field, the power part or the, or the speed part? Yeah, that, that is a tough one, you know, because speed definitely kills. Um, mm-hmm. But but I would say that we've we've beat teams faster than us um, mm-hmm. in, in these in these state championship years, especially um, going back to, to you know ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, all those all those years. We uh, we beat teams that are faster than us, and I would say that it was probably based upon power. Um, yeah. You know our, our our weight room. We've got a weight room culture and. We've got a offensive line, defensive line that that believe in controlling the trenches and winning games in the trenches, um, you know. And honestly, I would think that it probably it probably goes more into into just mindset more than anything. Our, our kids, mm-hmm. the stuff we do in the in the off season, in the weight room, out on the field, um, in the summertime, all, all that stuff that we put them through, I kind of feel like you know more than anything, it's the mindset of of feeling strong and feeling like mentally they can do. They can do anything, and they can handle any test that's given to them. Yeah. Um, any bit of adversity, we've we we always tell them during the season. You remember when we did when we did the the fifty forties? You remember when we did the the 
the 3060s. You remember when we did the 14, 110, you know, we, we talk about all those things we do in the summer that, that really is there to test them mentally. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, that, I think that stuff goes into it more than probably more than anything, but I think that goes probably back to, you know, it's more, it's more a power thing, whether it's a uh, physical or mental, yeah. I think the power side of, of football is is what is what wins championships. Yeah, uh, as you were talking, I was sitting there just shaking my head, agreeing. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, you know you know how it goes. It, you can it, it, it's great having having speed, and there's been years. Don't get me wrong. I mean, people hear this and think, oh yeah, Carl Albert done speed. That's not that's not the case. But there's there's been seventeen and eighteen. We were back to back state champs, or yeah, state champions in football. But we were also back to back state champions in track so there, there's yeah. been years that we definitely were probably the fastest team out there but there's probably been more where where there were teams that were faster than us so uh, i think power has to has to be at the top yeah yeah now do you think because uh, you know this kind of goes back to all oh, this kind of not knowing about carl albert but not knowing about carl albert uh -huh. do, do you kind of feel that like 5A football is kind of the forgotten about class? Because I mean, you got you know your 6A powerhouses, your you know your national the Big Z's and all that. You got the the two divisions of 6A, the 3A. The uh, someone's always talking about the public versus private thing, and then you've got the upcoming splits in 2A, A, and B. Do you kind of? I kind of feel like 5A is kind of the overlooked class in in Oklahoma football. Do you kind of feel that way? Yeah, well, I don't know. It is it is one of those things that when you start thinking about all those things, it, it might not be as as interesting as some of the other the other classifications. You know, this year I felt like the five A had more parity than any of them. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, there was there was some really really good teams. I mean, Kalina dropped the first game of the season and uh, and beat us by thirty um, and. Mm. They they uh, they were way good, you know. And, and Bishop McGinnis, we we beat them in the last 45 seconds of the game or last minute of the game. Um, Del City had a heck of a team. McAllister had a heck of a team. It was just uh, one of those years where it was it was completely completely wide open, uh, mm -hmm. which which I thought brought a lot. It was a very fun season, interesting season in 5A. Um, you know the and I don't know a lot of the. You get the the west side, east side talk a lot in, in mm -hmm. some of the other districts, and yeah. in the east side, it's basically dominated six A, and lately in in five A, it's been the it's been the west side for sure. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess we we probably don't think about it a whole lot, um, yeah. you know. But but yeah, I don't know. That's a hard that's a hard one to to answer because I really haven't thought about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm say you probably don't think about it because you're too busy winning. You know, because <laughs> you've got other things to worry about than what other people are talking about. Right, 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 no doubt. Now, from definitely from the time that you were playing, but from the time you've started coaching, how tough has defense become with the offenses as high-powered as they are? Oh, man, you know, especially uh, with, the, with, with offenses making you cover – you know, all 53 yards wide. That's the. Yeah. I think that's what's become more tough than anything is. Is offenses are going to make you cover the entire field, uh, mm -hmm. and, and and teams are teams are so so much more balanced a lot of times. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those pick your poisons. Uh, yeah. You know, we 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 face really good offenses. You know, I, what another part of that's made it harder, I think, on on defenses is quarterback play i think quarterback mm -hmm. play just week in week out has gotten gotten so much better um 
just from you know there, there's a lot of there's a lot more stuff out there and there's a lot more program a lot more programs out there that are putting you know year round training into their into their quarterbacks and and so that that makes it tough um, you know but I, I think it probably starts from the, the schemes just a scheme standpoint it's it's funny because we talk a lot about you know defense we we had I don't know I think we had maybe two kids this year that had a hundred tackles. Um, and we're and we're we're really stingy about our stats. We don't we don't give kids tackles for falling on piles. It's funny because you see mm-hmm. you see some of those teams that have kids that have over 200 tackles, and you're just thinking, well, how many plays were you giving up a game? But like, <laughs> for, for us for us, you know, we're really stingy there. And and we always tell kids, you know, that, that these records. We've done a good job of keeping records at Coral Albert, and there's some of those records that will never be touched. And we tell kids. Hey, this is we ought to put asterisks by it because back then everybody played eleven guys inside the box and yeah. it was eleven on eleven. Nobody, no receivers out there, and, and just a different brand of football. You know, now now you better be a lot better in space, and and from there you got to have a different different mentality when it comes to who you put on your defense. Like we we don't put we don't put big body slow body kids on our defense. We want guys that can that can run to the football and that can run and pursuit angles and. Uh, you know, so it, it definitely has changed. It's definitely changed the way you coach, not 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 the way you coach the game, but the way you scheme the game for sure. Yeah, you know, the reason why I asked that is because you know, five A football, it really, I don't know if it might have just been every other district or every other team we played uh, this year. But you know, going into we we come up at Empire, we come up from eight man to eleven man this past season, uh-huh. and I'd always just coached eight man. So I had to kind of, you know, I mean, I played 11-man when I was in school, but, you know, as a kid, I just went out there and played, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, coming into it, I was expecting it to be this spread out and, you know, kind of seeing what we see on Saturdays and what I've seen a lot of bigger schools do. And I, I think we played probably two teams that went out of the shotgun and everybody was, you know, double-tied, Maybe maybe one receiver, you know. So right. I was expecting yeah. it to be the spread out game, and it turned up being like '90s football. So it was kind of a kind of a culture yeah. shock for me. Well, yeah, it's it definitely power football is definitely making its way back. You know, one of the I talked about about spread offense being being something that that's been that's kind of changed the way you scheme and the way you personnel and all that. But but you know, the other part of that is is we we played a lot of teams this year. Like Guthrie does a great job. And Bishop McGinnis does a great job of probably starting with what you would call eleven personnel, but being able to get into get into twenty one, get mm-hmm. into get into twenty personnel, um, getting into getting into twelve, and doing it all with the same guys on the on the field. Guthrie and Bishop McGinnis, I thought, do both have done a really good job of doing that, and, and that's what we do at Carl Albert. We try to be as multiple as possible and, and not have to do a whole lot of a lot of subbing. Yeah. Um, but you know, the best teams that Best teams that we played this year um, were definitely the teams that could line up and run the football at you. Um, that that got in and out of those those two tight end sets, or, or had had the heavy packages that were that were really tough, you know, on short yardage or, or goal line situations. Um, I, I think you know that that style of football, especially in Oklahoma. I mean, when you get to you get to playoffs, 
if you if you're counting on going out there and throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game in, in the weather and mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, especially if you think about just this year's playoffs. I mean, the yeah. round one it was a blizzard. Round two, I think the high was 18 degrees that night. <laughs> uh, round three, we played in Owasso against Grove and it rained. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then in the finals, we we got the the best weather we'd had in probably eight or eight or nine weeks. But <laughs> yeah. uh, you better be able to run the ball in Oklahoma in November if you want to be successful in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, what would you say? I know you guys don't have problems with like low numbers, but I mean this kind of statewide and probably nationwide. There's kind of been you know low numbers in football programs, just kids not playing. You know. What do you, do you yeah. think there's an answer to that? Because I, I always ask this question to coaches just because, you know, I, I've always kind of attributed some of that to kids specializing in sports and then the availability of, like, AAU basketball and, like, travel baseball. And it all, I've probably said that so much, it probably sounds like I'm bagging on, the, on those things. I, you know, kudos to them for getting people interested in their sport. But do you think there's anything that could be done – to kind of bring kids back to football? Yeah, um, I think, you know, I would say five, six years ago, football was really under attack, you know, when, with, mm-hmm. the, with the stuff that was coming out with the CTE and, and uh, you know, just just concussion culture and things like that. And, and what I think has I, – I think it's, it's gotten a lot better that there's been people that have come out and – and have done their own research, and and I think I think all of that was good because it forced some of the the equipment and you know the the helmets, the shoulder pads. It forced a different style. You know, helmets have the tech the technolo- uh, technology and helmets has mm-hmm. come up tremendously in the last four or five years, and yeah. and so I think I think it kind of started there though, where where you started losing numbers. I'm hoping with the more information that's put out there about about staying safe and and really if you think about all just all the stuff that's come out as far as how to properly tackle um yeah you know Mm -hmm. research there and it's scientific research with data that backs it up you know that's all stuff that i'm hoping will will help to to get people to to get kids back out and have and parents be feel feel like it's safe for their kids to play um you know and, and as far as the the aau world and and you know, travel baseball, things like that. Again, Carl Albert's a unique place. We have we have tons of kids. I, a while ago I said in sixth period we had 38 kids. That, they're all football players. Well, seventh period is off-season football, and I don't. we have about two two upperclassmen, I think, that stay in there. The rest are, are mm-hmm. doing other, other sports. And, and really it's because we've done a good job, I feel like, of saying – you need to go play, go play football, go yeah. play basketball, go play. You know, we, we put it out there like that because we want our kids, you know, we want to be the example of what it looks like for your kids to be multi-sport kids. We don't ever want, we don't want, ever want any of our football players to think that we're trying to take them away from anything. And I think the, I think it's more of a school thing sure. where you, you just got to have all your coaches on the same page. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, there, there's. I've been places where there's been infighting between the football and the basketball program, and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, football and baseball and, and whatever. And mm-hmm. in those places, they, it feels like they never. It's never conducive to success. And so I think the more success stories you can see out there of the schools that that have kids that do multi things, 
maybe that will help to, to keep to keep getting it going. But I think it probably starts with you have to be willing to share the athletes and not make kids feel like they have to choose because, you know, if you do that, sometimes you're going to win, sometimes you're going to lose out on that. And so for us, it's just more about, hey, go do it all. We want you to do everything. When you get back to us, we'll have plenty of time to, to figure it all out. Yep, yep. Now, Coach, i got one final question before I let you go. Yep. Okay, when your time as head coach of the Carl Albert Titans is done and when you decide to retire and you've won 17 more championships, <laughs> what, do yeah. you, what do you want people to look back and, and say about you as a coach? Man, I, I would love for people to look back at me. Oop. High school that I, tried to, that I tried to uphold the standard in the Titan way. Um, that's something that's really important to us that we talk about in our school building and in athletics is, is uh, there is a Titan way and there is a right way of doing things and it is that way. And, and uh, you know, I, I would hope that, that people thought that, uh, that I did it right and I did it, I did it fair um, and that I was always good for kids. Um, as, as an athletic director, I've got a unique look at it. I always, and I have parent meetings. I talk to, I've obviously had to have these little tough conversations. But one thing I always say to parents is what more could you want out of a coach than someone who's going to treat your kid right and it's going to help develop them. Mm-hmm. And so I, that, that's one of my big selling points on what a good coach looks like. Um, and so hopefully that's what they'd say to me, say about me is that, that I want, that I did everything that I could to develop them as people um, athletes come second, develop them as people, and uh, that I was that I was fair and good to them. So that's that's what will be important to me. And it's and and honestly, and I know it's cliche, and but that's so much more important to me mm-hmm. than than anything else. If you can put if you can put the the kids as 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 human beings before athletes, and what you would want from your own kid. And and if you can put those things and make that first, and the wins and loss, the, the wins are going to take care of themselves. Sure, sure thing. Well, Coach, man, I, I appreciate it. I've taken up more time than I wanted to, but it's been it's been great talking with you. And I would say good luck, but I don't think you guys depend on luck there, at Carl Albert. Oh man, we'll we'll always take it, but but we do tell them, you know, the hard work creates luck. That was a Coach Rose saying from way back in '97, '98, those years. So uh, no, we appreciate it. Really, really appreciate you having me on and let me talk a little bit about about what we got going on at Carl Albert. Uh, again, I told you earlier, but I really, you're doing a really cool thing here, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks to Coach Dunn for being on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. New episodes come out every Sunday at 10 a.m. on your favorite podcasting site. And the countdown is on until the debut of Not So Instant Replay. Mark the date, July 5th, Not So Instant Replay with Coach Kenny Magoo. You can also find links to the podcast on the Kenny and the Coaches Facebook page, and if you're on Twitter, just search at Kenny Coaches. And remember, that's K-E-N-N-E-Y and the Coaches. Until next time.